Centuries ago, Thomas More wrote that society creates the conditions that push the poor to commit crime and then punishes them for doing so. Here are some disturbing statistics. 25% of the world's prisoners are in the United States. The total U.S. prison population rivals that of the population of Houston and Chicago and would be the fifth largest city in the nation. Each year, we spend $68 billion on education and $80 billion on prisons. Whether you are rich or poor determines if you spend time in jail for any crime. African Americans comprise 12% of the population and 33% of those imprisoned. But there is good news. These numbers are improving. Nonetheless, we have a complex, deeply rooted social problem. For this BCR episode, we are talking to two former inmates of New York State's Otisville Medium Security Prison, Sam Johnson and Christopher Lee, who were enrolled in the Prison to College Pipeline at John Jay College. And we will ask them about their lives since being paroled. And I have also taught in the Prison to College Pipeline program last semester. And so with that introduction, here we go. Okay, here we are. Welcome, Chris and Sam, to Bar Crawl Radio. We usually record out of a bar, but today we're not at a bar due to scheduling issues. We are at the John Jay College English Department podcast studio, okay. which yes, is kind are. of weird for us because we need to have a drink in I front know, of us. I know, right? I mean, usually have a... Yeah. I know, not more well, than just water. Well, we yeah, have water. water. Yeah, cheers. Water's better for you. Right. It's true. You're and, right. And we want to own up to the fact that this is a second go at this okay. because uh, we, we had uh, audio problems uh, when we tried to do this about, what, a month and a, a month half ago? ago or so. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we are totally appreciative to you and Richard, who I interviewed Early, earlier. earlier. Okay. Nazarini? Uh, what no, is that? Richard Holder. Oh, Richard Holder, your sorry, teacher. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I told you about Oh, no. That's yeah. someone else, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Sam Johnson and Christopher Lee, welcome. Oh, welcome. Thank you. Glad Back to be to here. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. We understand you were recently released from the Otisville State Prison, but that your experience does not define the total of who you are. Absolutely not. Let's get a sense of you guys, you two as a, as a person, each of you as a person, where you're from, what your interests are, what sort of films or books you like, or sports. What are you into? Um, okay. Uh, go Sam, ahead. go ahead. Okay, I'm going to start this off again. Um, well, <laughs> my name is Sam. Because yeah, we've been here before. Yeah, it's yeah. like purgatory or deja vu all over again. Deja vu all over again, yeah. Yeah, why um, should I write a new script? Yeah. <laughs> you know. All right, so my name is Sam Johnson. What are my likes? I like a lot of things. I like working out. I like comic books. I love gummy candy. I love video games. Uh, and I like cartoons. And I love training people. And I yeah, because you're a trainer. Absolutely, personal trainer. That's crunch. right. You're, you're, uh, you're pumped. Yeah, a little bit. And you, you came from work, so. Yes, I had to run uh, a long way. All right. Here. You got. Um, uh, what was the other part of the question? Um, that's it. You know what you're interested in? You like to, I, I, I remember uh, you like to bake. Oh, yeah. Right? I, yeah. I know how to bake. I like to bake from time to time. I know how to crochet. And where I'm from, I was born, originally I'm from Harlem. Right now I live in the Bronx. And that's pretty much it. I live a boring life now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And is that good? Is that a good thing? A boring, boring life? Boring. Boring is good. Okay. You got to ease in the excitement from time to time, yeah. but not too much excitement. Boring right. is good. All right. So okay. you spend a lot of your time working. Yeah, I try to. That's I good. Want to. Yeah. Good. Good. Chris. Uh, uh, well, um, if you guys didn't know, my name is Christopher Lee. I am originally from Harlem, New York, Lincoln Houses to be exact. Um, spent a great deal of my youth inside of the penitentiary. I've been home now a little bit short of four months. And my aspirations upon being released were to improve on my, my decision-making so that way I could assist in the development of the youth. Um, I feel as if when you make a bad decision, it should be up to you to try to fix it for someone else before they end up walking in your footsteps. Um, I have aspirations to be a, a musician, um, interested in R&B, uh, rap, um, modeling, 
also a part of an acting out company called, uh, well, a company called Acting Out with the, you know, the great Richard Hola uh, down at HB Studios. And so the name of that company is Acting, acting out. out. Yes, Acting Out. Do you um, have a production coming up? Actually, actually, we do. Um, I think he actually mentioned there might be something coming in December. In December, yes, yeah. but there's a possibility of something coming before that, like a pre-show. Okay. Yeah, but right. definitely something by the end of this year. And I did uh, talk to him earlier, and he did mention. Yes, Fathers and Sons. Right, Fathers e- exactly, and, sons. and yeah. uh, that's his play. Absolutely, a play that we actually were a part of while we were incarcerated. So he's right. going to do that over um, yeah. now in society for people to get to see it. And, um, right. and that'll be great. be great. We'll come, definitely. for sure. Well, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Right. Love to have you there. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I didn't put this on the script, and it just occurred to me, you know, I mean, you guys were in prison, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that seems so strange. And I taught at a prison at Otisville. Yeah. So I kind of have a sense, you know, of what that place looks like and all. Do you, do you ever share that with others? That, or is it something that you'd rather not and, you know, keep ahead. it to yourself? Uh, well, I do. I do share with people that have been in prison because I feel like, I guess people should know why. Or if I'm building a relationship with somebody, yeah. with somebody, I think it's a a part of the, like the the trust foundation and just letting somebody know. Like, listen, uh, I have been incarcerated, you know. So a lot of people have like a certain level of bias. Some people are like, okay, I live a certain type of lifestyle. I don't want to associate with anybody who's lived an uh, a lifestyle that's opposite. Of minds, so I think it's out of respect that I let the person know. It's like, okay, listen, before we even go any further, I want I want to let you know that I I have done time before, and you know I'm just letting you out. I'm just letting you know out of respect. So. And do you get the other response that is, um, hey, no problem? Yeah, so far so good. Like nobody's been really uh, mean about it, so they just ask me what I've, uh, what I went inside for, and how was it. But then there was one there was one little lady I tried to get to know a little bit more better on an intimate level where she just kept questioning my mental health. <laughs> okay. So after a while you not, said, okay. Not, not was, a keeper. Yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, you know what, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you, Chris? Um, So for me, I feel like when it comes down to prison or a conversation um, about it, I don't necessarily feel how he feels necessarily. However, it's... I think it's important, though. I think because it's a part of my story. Uh, we talk a lot about his story, so I like to talk about my story. And because I feel like I want to be the person that's responsible for shifting the narrative. I want to turn the tables. I want people to understand that, know that it's not okay necessarily to go to prison. I don't promote that. However, I went, and fortunately enough, I'm better for it. Um, so I don't bring it up like, hey, I went to prison. You know, or I don't right, know. There's yeah. a sign on me that says that I went to prison. Yeah. I just feel like it's my responsibility when it is brought up for me to tell you that I did. And now look at me. I'm I'm better. Not yeah. necessarily for prison, just because I've taken up the time to become a better person. Okay. That's how I feel. Sounds fair. Yeah. So I have a question for both of you, and this is a question from uh, um, a Maryland public defender that we know. Okay. And we asked him what he would want to ask you. Okay. Um, what do you feel? That your prison experience, do you feel that your prison experience was a proper consequence for your social, for your social misbehavior? I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how to answer that question because. I got got an answer for you guys. But me, I was what, 16, 17 years old when I initially committed my crimes and I got sentenced to 10 years as, and, and from that I went, I was in. The county jail, I was in the adolescent section. Then when I went upstate, I was with grown men. So I just find it funny that hopefully I'm not, like, you know, sidetracking from the answer or the question. Uh, but I just find it funny that in the United States that you you have to be, legally, you have to be 21 years old to buy, like, cigarettes and alcohol. But on the flip side, when you're on the, side, when you're, when you're on the other side, or the criminal justice side, at any age, you could be f- tried as an adult, you know, and they say, scientists say that uh, uh, children or teenagers 
aren't full. The brain doesn't fully develop until you're right. like 25, 26. And right. you have somebody on the opposite end of you looking down upon you and not taking that into consideration who could say, well, hey, you know, here's 10 years and right. take that. And I want you to think about the crimes and whatever and not knowing that you're, t- you're removing me from, you know, society. Well, Granted, removing you from your family, too. Yeah, removing me from my family your and friends. you put me into a, a hostile, toxic environment where I have to grow up extremely fast and, like, fend for myself. I don't have yeah. anybody there. So right. I guess this one, I'm going to say no. I, th- I think there could have been other ways to go about it. What, what okay, would those other fair. ways be? Like, Have you thought about that? I mean, what would have been more appropriate for a 16-year-old that did the things you did? Well, um, while we was well, me and Chris was inside. We took political science with uh, a lady named Professor named Christina Dawkins, mm. right? And so we we learned about like you know restorative justice and punitive okay. justice. Okay. So I could, I guess we could have went the restorative justice route. Uh-huh. You know, let me atone for my sins and like pay for it through a different way. If if you understand what I'm saying, like we the United States the United States spends what billions upon billions of dollars upon you know the military and prison right and those and those funding could go towards something else maybe individuals who are teenagers who commit crimes could go learn a trade or something put them through school whereas the stimulating the economy also teaching them about like self-worth and like uh, giving them a, some type of trade or something an education instead of them like wasting away upstate. So part of the uh, restorative justice is sometimes um, bringing together the people that were um, uh, harmed. With harmed, yeah. The Would person have- who caused harm and the person who has harmed and just find a way that and, and just come just coming together and finding different ways that it could have been dealt with. You would have been willing to. to- Absolutely. Talk I think I'm, I'm very open-minded enough to, to do that. Yeah. Or would have been open-minded enough back then to do that. But our system doesn't avail doesn't, you of Didn't that. offer it. No, yeah. this is in Sweden. So yeah. <laughs> I'll show you so we can't do that yeah. over okay. here. All right. Chris, what about um, you? So I'm going to say that I don't I don't believe that it was a fair, fair exchange based upon the fact that you go to court, you know, however long it might last. Um, for me, I was found guilty by a jury of my peers after eight months of incarceration. Um, evidence not really upstanding, outstanding. Um, and it's like this. There are a lot of things that go on, right? So if we're talking about yeah. this, I guess we just got to be frank about this. A jury of your peers. So you guys are asking us a lot of questions. What does that mean, though? What, right. what, 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 what would your peers consist of? Right. What, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, was, I originally found myself incarcerated at 17 years of age. Upon just being released now, I was 22. A jury of my peers would have consisted of individuals that are in that age group. Right. That's not the type of trial that I was offered. However, since we're not talking about that, we're talking about me being incarcerated, it wasn't a guarantee that I would have went up north and served that sentence and became better because it's not set up for you to win. So they put you in an environment where, as Sam stated, that's very hostile. It's mostly unwavering and negativity. The ability for you to find some level of solace it may come for you probably on a visit. And as soon as you come off a visit, you're strip searched. So there are rules set in place that you have to be strip searched because there's a possibility that you could be carrying contraband, contraband being a weapon or uh, drugs or anything of, you know, in that realm. The fairness is not there. It doesn't exist. You become more hardened than you, than you could have ever become because you're detached from your family. You become an enigma. They love you. They care about you. But they don't really understand you anymore. They don't get how you could have done such a thing and then the things that you're actually going through while you're incarcerated. Yeah. So you have to seek that outlet. And if you're in a facility where officers have it out for you for a number of reasons, maybe because they're having a bad day, their upbringing was terrible, or they feel it's their due diligence to make your life a living hell because you've committed a crime to begin with. So now I'm being punished on every level. Right. I found, I've been found guilty by a jury of my peers, sentenced to a certain amount of years, right? And upon me wanting to be better because now I realize my decision-making could have been better at the time, I have to deal with an officer who is just that, a correctional officer, and making me out to be some level of a monster. 
I don't see how that could be fair for you. And you're hopeful that upon you release, that people that once associated with you were still willing to talk to you because it's like, is he no more, isn't he? You know, so it's, I think they got a lot of work to do. And they could start by speeding up this process of closing Rikers Island down because that place in itself has got to be one of the worst environments that I've ever been to ever. Um, fortunately enough, though, I had the mental capacity to make it out because prison isn't what you see on TV. It's not always so physical. If you don't have this... Meaning your, your brain. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna, it's not just... The, I mean, having a brain, we, got, we, brain. Got, we have a brain. Mental intelligence. But, but the ability to understand that it's more mind over matter. Like, it's, you, you're probably going to have to know how to fight. That, that would be something that you should probably look into um, upon being <laughs> in prison because you fight over... Uh, and this is being serious, going back to adolescence. Um, soups? Well, cookies. soups, yeah, but not as much as you fight over a chair. So we're sitting down right now, right? right. This is a luxury. You know, you, you fight over chairs. You fight over using the phone. There's like, there's, a, there's two phones for 50 guys. How is that supposed to work? Right. What do you expect to come from that? You know, there's one TV for 50 guys. Right. And this is a dormitory setting. And a maximum security, there's even more people on the gallery still for one phone. You're allowed to like 10 minutes. Like, how is that supposed to work? 80 guys are going to use the phone? Yeah. That's not going to happen. Right. You know, so. This is gross punishment. This of is, course it is. It's not about uh, res restor restoring Absolutely you. Absolutely not. And or, if you believe that, then you're drinking the wrong cup. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you're talking about correction, correction officer. It's corruption. Corruption officer. <laughs> corruption officer. So yeah. you you were at uh, uh, at Rikers. Absolutely. Both of you. Absolutely. So were you? So to get to Otisville, which is um, it's not as. Um, it wouldn't be as. Maximum. No, it's no, it's a medium. It's a That's medium the, security. The medium, medium B. So what medium did you yeah. what did you do to get remember. to what did you do to get to Otis? Okay, so so I'll say this right. Um, I've had the opportunity, and I say this a lot. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you've been incarcerated twice, and the fortunate aspect comes for me, and I only can speak for myself, because of the amount of time that I had to think and become better as a person. And no form of fashion do I promote prison as something that you would need to be better. However, I used my time away to become someone that was smarter and wiser and I, and I made better decisions. You start out because of your sentence. I was originally sentenced to 13 years in prison, running concurrent with seven, seven and a two to four, two to four years. So you serve two and have the opportunity to appear in front of a board, which is like three commissioners, and they make the decision based upon your, your behavior, your, your, your access to um, certificates and things of that nature to release you. And These would be educational certificates? They can be, they could okay. be like uh, we were in acting class Anything that's that's better than what you were once doing. Okay. So if you, you, you acquire your high school equivalency, if you're fortunate enough to acquire a college degree, then they look at all of those types of things. Um, so I started out in a maximum security facility because of the amount of time that I had. And um, it was a max A, where it's actually more secure. So there's actually more wires, more fences. and I, There's a wall, I should say. Not even fences. Fences are in the yard, but there are, there are walls. And upon you staying out of trouble for, I think in a max, it's like a year. You start out up top, you have the ability to have what they call a preference transfer. Preference um, would be because of where you're from. So me coming from New York City, me getting closest to the city as possible would be because of good behavior, which is not not easy to do when you're 22. I was 23 when I was, when I was sentenced to this time. Not that far removed from the guy that I once was while I was in society. Because prison is like an extension of the, of the place that I grew up at. So I was already familiar with it because I'd been there. And... You wanted, I think that I wanted to stay out of trouble. I think that I wanted to be better. And it's not, it's not that easy, though. When there's this much testosterone that can't really be issued any, any other, in any other direction because it's heavy on the, be quiet. Now, you're going to hear that a lot. Like, be quiet. You're making too much noise. What does that even mean? Who's, te who's telling you be quiet? Officers, right? Staff members, but mostly officers. They come to work for their eight hours. And a lot of them... I don't know what it is that they're dealing with. Um, I like to use the terminology pseudo. I think there's this pseudo sense of authority, pseudo sense of importance, where they have the ability. Well, it's not pseudo at all. They've, they've got authority but, over but, you but it's, when you're there. So to an extent, if you know something, right? Say, for instance, you know rules. Why then is it a necessity for me to continue to tell you what to do? Only because I believe that I'm someone that I'm not. If I told you, I said, hey, Alan, um, when you come in, don't bring that red cup with you, right? 
you don't bring that red cup with you, but I feel the need to tell you that every day. Why would I do that? Like, you're dehumanized at every level by being in prison. And, I'm, of course, it's at the top that makes it that way. How, then, are you supposed to return to society and be better? That's not guaranteed. So how could that be fair upon you being sentenced to a sentence? How is that possible? You have to hope that you have the ability to make it to the end of your sentence with, with more than you came in there with. Right. You know? Um, but so to, to get back on track and answer, to finish answering your question, you start out in the max depending on your sentence, uh, depending on your crime. Um, you don't necessarily have to have a long sentence. It could just be what you're incarcerated for, probably something violent. Um, you could have a high-profile case. Maybe you made the news and they feel the need for you to be watched more. And upon you staying out of trouble for a certain amount of time, you'd end up with a preference transfer, go closer to the city, and then immediately, or eventually, I should say, your classification will drop, which is how I ended up being in Otisville um, and then finding myself back in society. And being able to go to the Prison to College Pipeline program Absolutely. through John Jay College. Did that you is, know about it before you went to Otisville? So it didn't, no, let me not say this. I was about to say it didn't exist, but it did. Um, it was there. I don't think when I was where I was at, my mind state was that focused enough to think that I could be someone that would attend college in prison. So I didn't have much of an interest until I ended up in that environment. And case in point, that's why we're doing this podcast. Yes, yes. How about you, Sam? From Rikers Island, well, there's the intake process going through Downstate and or Ulster, depending on where you're at. And the intake is, that's where you get fingerprinted. They give you your number. You get a bunch of immunization shots, a bunch of SCD testing. It's, a, it's arduous. And you get uh, an education test. And from there, I was in downstate for about nine days. And I, no, 10 days. Then I had my first facility was Katsaki. And since I was so young, I was 17, every time that I had went to my counselor to ask about a transfer, uh, she said, I can't go anywhere. Because I would have to be 21. Inside, you have to be 20. Depending on who your counselor is, which is a total bullshit. You have complete control over where you want to go when is that time. It's, I think is is law, right? However, she just kept telling me, you have to wait till you're 21. And Katsaki was the hardest prison that I've ever been in. Because you're locked in about 23 hours. No, maybe 20. I, yeah, probably. 20. Oh, 20 hours. Okay, about... Real, I'm just going to limit and say anywhere between 18 and 20 hours, you're yeah, locked in. And, and by yourself, in yourself. But by, by yourself. Gas, gas, a lot of people compare it to the box, all right? It's like solitary confinement. Kasaki is the is solitary confinement with property because the sales there are different. They don't want you talking on the gallery. You can't talk to your neighbor. So you, you, they, you just need books, a lot of love from home, and something to keep your mind occupied because you will go crazy from there i had a new counselor and they said i could go on a transfer so i had went to sing sing from sing. Wait, before we go on this idea of solitary confinement i've read that it's probably the most cruel kind of uh, punishment? punishment yeah i read in the gq too it says they said studies shown that humans by nature are how you say this they have to. They have to interact. We individual right. humans have right. to interact. We're social beings. We're social beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And that when you take away, when you take when you take us away from that, then it does play a level of. It does does something to yeah, to the psyche of, of the course. individual. Do you ever revisit that? Does that ever come back to you, being alone in that cell? I mean, how big was it? What was this eight by ten? Eight by something like that. It's not. It's not a big cell. Eight by ten. Yeah, some, I, right. I was able I in some cells. I was able to stand up in the in the center and put sure. both my palms on the wall or fingertips on the wall. It was small. It wasn't that much. And then you could take a few steps one way, a few steps the other. Yeah, it was cramped. Yeah. So that teaches you how to deal with like small confined spaces and just to have. I think I developed my imagination and just kept on to my 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 imagination of my childhood while I was in prison. Did you try to figure out like signals or ways to communicate that were you know that we could go under the no right. under the notice. Yeah, we would, we would send lines like fishing. Well, we call it fishing lines. So that was to like uh, to communicate with each other to like pass things back and forth, or you would knock on the wall, 
uh, you know, it was it was it was many. To, I I don't want to give up all these uh, oh, secrets no, because okay. then somebody okay. may be watching and send word to the commissioner. No worries, no right. worries. I don't think they're listening. You know, to you us, but I mean, thoughts to me that you only do this to someone you think is a monster. Now, you use the term. I think Sam used the term monster. That right. the CEO saw you that way. Yeah. Well, and it was crazy when they go through the academy. They are taught not to like interact with us because we're monsters. We've committed a, a sin. And that's why we're here. So, like he said, the pseudo sense of authority. We are the lowest of the low, and we're at the bottom of the totem pole. So it was like they, they could do what they want. They could exactly for the most part. For the most part, and, and you know, there's been several different cases that have been promoted where this level of abuse has gone to the point where there's been a loss of life. So, so once again, when you're in this environment and you are hopeful to return to your family because you're fortunate enough to get visits, a mail. Uh, receive packages and things of that nature. It's not a guarantee. And that's not even if you're getting into trouble anymore. You might actually turn that corner, turn over a new leaf, and this particular officer might feel the need to flex, right? And flex, I mean, you know, flex his strength or flex her strength. I think the worst thing that I've seen is the ability for a female officer to make up something about a guy. Like, he flashed me or something to that degree. Because that, she, that never happened. Well, fortunately, not to me. Um, yeah, but, but know, I mean that, the actual accusation. Oh, it oh, happens, no, oh, yeah. but it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. the accusation happens, but the 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 action of the accusation. Yeah, doesn't that never happen. took place. But the, the investigation isn't legit because maybe an officer might like her, and before you know it, this individual that you were cool with, you might have eaten with this guy. You know, you you want to visit with him and his mother, his, him and his daughter, him and his son, and now he's going to the box. And you're sitting there and you're like, well, fortunate that it's not you, but disheartened because it's someone that you know that, you, that, you, that you're cool with, that you realize has made some level of a stride to be better. Right. So, I mean, I don't, I don't see where rehabilitation comes in with any of that. I don't. Yeah. What did you, what did yeah. you do to um, mentally get through what you were living in? Uh, well, me? Imagination, man. I said the mind is a terrible thing to waste, and I'm, and with that, I would have like conversations with myself. I would put myself in, like mentally put myself in different scenarios and like really talk to myself as I was somebody else. And I would I, soliloquy. That's the word I'm looking for. Engage in a lot of soliloquy, push-ups, books. If I was if uh, if people in the gallery had books, that's where I really got into the Black Panther. And like, if I if it was possible, talk to my neighbor, sneak and talk to my neighbor. Like that's like the only comfort that you really have when you're in a cell. So you overcame it with your with your, your imagination. imagination. Yeah. Right. Would you talk out loud to yourself, or just in your in your brain? In my brain and out loud. There was one time I almost. Got a uh put in for mental health evaluation because I was talking to myself and the CEO and I started laughing and the CEO was like, What the hell is wrong with you? And I just couldn't stop laughing because yeah. I was like when I was in my cell, it was just it was a different world. It was a different world. Like it, I could have been I could have been in Harlem, I could have been at in the Bronx, I could have been at my mom's house, I could have been at a friend's house. I just made it and it was like the Narnia. That's like amazing. The, yeah, so you had to you gotta have strong will. To overcome. You should write about this. You know, people keep saying that, man. Yeah. I've been, I've done school for three years. Like, I don't I don't want to write an essay. I don't want to do a <laughs> yeah. thesis. I, I don't want to re- do a research paper. But I hear you. maybe, maybe one day. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. maybe it's a children's book. Ah. The, life of, the Life and Times of Sam <laughs> there Johnson. There you go. Well, uh, we were hoping that John J. Professor Richard Holder could be with us today. Mm-hmm. He conducts an acting workshop at Otisville State Prison, and he's done it for 10 years now. Yeah. Uh, am- amazing guy. He's now teaching an acting class at HB Studios with uh, former incarcerated students, and including Sam and Christopher. And though he couldn't make the recording, I did, because uh, he's in a rehearsal mm-hmm. here, a Stephen Fector play. I spoke with Richard uh, earlier, and I thought we'd play a selection of that conversation right now. Okay. So I'm speaking with Richard Holder. He is a professor here at John Jay, but I met him at uh, the Prison to College Pipeline in Otisville. And in fact, this is our second interview because the first one didn't really take. Right. We had problems. 
with the uh, audio at, at Gephard's. Since then, we've done any number of podcasts, and everything was fine. But something was screwy that yeah. day, and so I'm so happy that you were able to come back and and uh, you know talk with us. Uh, we're talking now separately from from Chris and Lee uh, because you're rehearsing. Right, right. Uh, tell us a little about what you're rehearsing. Uh, rehearsing a play called Rehearsing the Von Z Conference, which is uh, sort of a play within a play within a play. And uh, it's about, uh, well, it's roughly about the Holocaust, but it, but all the actors are played by uh, young actors of color to make the point that there's a new Holocaust afoot. Right. And it's written by Stephen Fector. That's right. Who is uh, kind of a resident uh, playwright here at John Jay. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant playwright. But we're not here necessarily to talk about that. First off, we wanted to thank you for introducing us to your acting students, uh, Christopher, Christopher, and, and, and Sam, and Sam. Uh, how are they doing in your HB class? And they're 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 in a class at HB Studios now with you. Uh, no, they're not. It's oh, they're they're well, they're oh, oh no, I'm sorry, yeah, HB Studios. I, I get so confused. I'm teaching at three different places right now, so I'm like like wait a minute, no, they're not in that class. Yes, they are. Life both. can get confusing. They are both in the acting class at HB Studio, and they're both doing terrific. Right, uh, which doesn't surprise me because they did great when they were in my class on the you know at Otisville. Right, and you've been working. Uh, you've been running a workshop at Otisville State Prison, for medium security it's prison. Coming up on ten years now. Ten years. It's, yeah. it's amazing. I, I I taught there last semester, and as I as you know, it was an introduction to film class. I found the experience amazing challenging, fulfilling, I mean, all, all that stuff. Right. I'd never experienced that before. Not sure if I want to go back. And you've been doing it for 10 years now. Why do you keep going back? You know, it's funny because uh, just the other day, I, I was, uh, I, I've had so much going on here with my classes at John Jay and and, and uh, my career stuff and, and, and uh you know, the class at HB. And I thought like, oh, something's got to give. And I thought like, well, maybe I'll take some time off of the prison. And I got there Friday night and I walked into the room and I, in my mind, I said, there's no way if there, I cut anything out, it can't be this. Mm. I don't know. There's something about, um, well, certainly the, the, the gratitude is palpable, but, um, the men really, I mean, this is really a lifeline for them and, and you can't not recognize that, but, but it's, but on the other side of it, as a, as an actor, as a performer, I, um, I get so much from them too. I mean, it's 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 a give and take. It's not just a one way street. The guys asked me that, you know, when I first came there. You know, what I mean, when I uh, it was after I was there, I guess it was about a your, year. Your students, yeah, at yeah. One of the they, the room got quiet. And one of the guys says, "Rich, uh, how come you come here?" Yeah, you know, he's and then this guy Chaz, he says, "Because I don't get a do gooder vibe off of you." <laughs> <laughs> and. And I was just sort what of like, is, what? What? What is the do good or what is that? Well, you know, I, I mean, he got the sense that I wasn't there just to, you know, just do, to get good, do wonderful things, good grades with God. I says I'm here because this is one of the most vibrant, you know, communities in terms of artistically. I mean, like the work is just phenomenal. They, they're committed. That you know, I said I come here because it's a great place to to get some good theater done. <laughs> what uh, What kind of theater do you do with them? Um, it, it it varies. Uh, we we've done published stuff. We've done original stuff. We've done a mixture of the two. Uh, we've done things that I've written that they've written. You know, it, it depends. Each each time a show starts coming along, you know, it kind of evolves. Or we, we're talking about things, and and then we get an idea. Like right now, we're working on a show called No Man Is an Island, and they're writing it, and it's kind of based on their stories. Mm intermixed with some some sort of other material and I've been just get a gathering material from them each week it's just voluminous and then I'll create a, an evening from that right and that'll be playing where that'll be playing at Otisville State Prison right yeah. is there any way that it could go further than that well I I don't know about that show but for but here's a great example is that Fathers and Sons which is the show that we did last July at Otisville State Prison mm -hmm. we're going to be remounting that at HB studio at the end of this year uh, about four or five of the men that were in the show in prison will be reprising their roles <clears throat> at HB. So that that's the, our first crossover production. Do you get any pushback from the prison officials about bringing material out of the prison? It's tricky because it's very delicate about uh, uh, written material coming in and coming out. You have mm -hmm. to be very careful. But when we're doing original shows, I, they just sort of, it's kind of like homework. Like when I was doing the John Jay class, I mean, I, I've, obviously I've got to take their papers home with me. Mm -hmm. So... You could get a CO that gets funky about it, wants to read everything, but most of the time it, it, it's okay. It's it's 
the thing you got to look out for are personal, like like this, if this is just material for a show, it's one thing. But if somebody were to write a letter to somebody and I were to carry that mm-hmm. out, that would be a problem. I would never do that. Talking about the COs, I found that teaching at the state prison was a real kind of eye opener about how prisons are, are run on the ground, and uh, I, I, I experienced that all the COs were not equal. No. No, uh, there, there, there are some very angry, unhappy people, and there are some wonderful people, and uh, it's really a mix. It's a fifty-fifty thing. Yeah, there, there were some wonderful uh, COs, and right. others were not. No, yeah, no. and yet they have all the power. Yeah, they do in that in that place. Yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah, even yeah. even the teacher, I feel, had to be careful too. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, there's some resentment there, as as the pointed out that because these men are being you know, getting educated. A lot of these CEOs don't have a college education, and here's mm-hmm. the inmates getting more educated than they are. I mean, that, that I'm sure, brings up some things for them. And, and they're paying for their daughter's college right, education. Right, right. So there's, it's, it's a complex situation. Right. Otisville is on the side of a hill overlooking the Hudson Valley. It's on, it, actually like on the top of a hill. It's, it, it's gorgeous. It's a stunning Amazing view. Amazing view. Yeah. Uh, from late summer on through autumn. I mean, I was there on through into the winter and when it was snowing. Um, has your perspective of prisons changed over the time you've spent in this environment? Well, I mean, I mean from, I'm from yeah. 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, well, 10 years ago, I mean, I had done some writing workshops on Rikers Island. Uh, I did that for several years with high school kids. And it was a high school that was on the island. So I, I didn't really get a sense of being in a prison. It felt like I was in a school and there were, you know, restrictions, but it, it still felt like a school. But um, the only thing I knew about prisons was from the a lot of the misinformation and bad things we get from film and TV. Mm-hmm. And and I now know, now when I see anything that's done about prisons, I can instantly, I'm like, no, 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 right. no, you know. That's not what it is. Yeah, no. Well, what, what kind of give an example of something that someone will say to you and you go like, that's that's a mis, missed idea? Um, it, I don't know if it, it's something that people say, but... It, you know, there was uh, there's some new show on television, and, and there was you know like like the guy was in his cell making a uh, cell phone call. Now I, I guess there's chances that pe- people do get there. I mean, but it was just so casual and so mm-hmm. easy. And I just thought like, well, where are they living? I mean, yeah. I mean like the the our, my cell phone I have to leave in my car. That's and, right. You know, I, I once had the little uh, that connector that makes it you know go from one thing to another, and like I left it in my pocket by accident. I had to take it all the way out to the car, come back in, be searched all right. over again. And you no know. change in your pocket. So, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. the the security is pretty tight. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure things do get in, but... but yeah. uh, I, I found it very strange walking out without my cell phone, but then walking out with my, my wallet. Right. And like being totally nothing in my pocket. I'm starting to enjoy it, though. I'm starting to... <laughs> no, really, I'm starting to enjoy Like taking my wallet away, taking my phone, home, my keys. And like, I feel kind of like, oh, this is nice. Yeah. <laughs> this is a very unusual place, Otisville, or I guess any prison with the razor wire yeah. everywhere, and fences, 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 and gates, and big iron gates. Do you feel at any point that you've gotten used to it, that this has now become norm? No. I, I, I Every time I drive up to that gate uh, and see that huge gate when it opens really slowly, it's like, and I watch the men walking down the hill. It, I've never, I have not become inured to it at all. It, it, it still is jarring. Yeah. It's not until I get into my classroom that, everything is normal. Right, right. Has your teaching changed over the years? Yes. Has it affected your your classroom teaching here? At- I think all my students on the outside benefit from the work I've done on the inside because uh, it, it, there's such an intensity in there and, and there's such a demand for... Uh, to, to progress and to move and they want challenges and you know and so I, I I tend to keep raising the bar and raising the bar so when I come into one of my regular acting classes now I sort of come in at a much higher level than I used to well wow. and, and maybe higher expectations yeah well I mean you know I have to you know tell myself to calm down a little bit there but 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 they you know they and then they give me things that I can bring into the prison it's it's it's, it's a nice synergy between the working inside and outside Richard Holler, thank you very much. I know you have to get to rehearsal yeah. for the new play. Tell, say the name again, Rehearsing for... Re- rehearsing the Vonzi Conference. Can anyone come by and see it? Yeah, well, it's. Uh, I think they've got it announced it's free, uh, but you have to... It, last, it sold out, the whole run sold out last fall. That's where they're bringing I it know, back. I know, I had a hard time getting in. And so I don't know, but they say they're going to have a sign-up like the day before, and if you just get on the list, you're in. So. Yeah, any chance of it going further? I have no idea. I mean, we didn't expect it to be revived. This Apparently, this is the first time a show has ever been revived. Yeah, I think I think so. Yeah. Thank you, Richard, very much. Sure. 
This is Bar Crawl Radio recording in the podcast studio at John Jay College. We have been talking with two former inmates in the New York State prison system who are part of a prison-to-college pipeline at John Jay College. Christopher, you wrote us uh, when we first were doing this show uh, about the uh, prison-to-college pipeline that this program was a game-changer for you uh, because it provided, and this is a quote from what you wrote us, a sense of normalcy greatly needed in an abnormal environment. Absolutely. Right. That the John Jay program gave you, quote, a professional network unavailable in the neighborhoods most of you grew up in. It was a, quote, new exposure to resources that do not exist within your communities. Could could you talk a little bit about the, what did Prison to College Pipeline mean to you while um, you were in Otisville, and maybe now? Yeah, so... I mean, I don't know if it's, it's proper to start somewhere and then go backwards, but I could like, I'd like to start from where I sit right now. Mm-hmm. And the ability to come home and have a network provided to where they care about your, like, your, your everyday necessity, the ability for you to go to school and receive higher education so you'll learn more and be able to do more with the knowledge that you are given, but the ability to care about whether you eat, you know, clothing to attempt to find you housing employment and things of that nature um i don't think there's a program that exists within the confines of prison when it comes to higher education what this program hasn't been able to provide was a degree but sometimes when you receive that degree then you're sent off into the real world to do you know who knows what to find whatever it is you're looking for um have an opportunity to go to college inside of prison it did wonders for me as an individual um I like to I like to believe that I've always been intelligent. There are just times in my life where I've made bad decisions, so it might be hard for someone to believe that. Um, it's helped with my vernacular, helped me expand, you know, greatly with the things that I didn't know or things that I knew, but I couldn't put the proper the name attached to it. Um, the professors that I've met, they've been great. Um, they've provided me with great levels of insight about you know everyday stuff. And then, as he mentioned, we we studied political science. So we're learning about things outside of, you know, our reach, seemingly. Um, learned that there's this, there's this misconception that when it comes to politics at times, your voice won't count. And, and maybe that's the case. However, knowing that you have the ability to make a difference because you are given the opportunity to vote, you know, regardless of how it turns out, I didn't know that before I had the opportunity to send aside of a class in Otisville for John Jay. Um, I currently do not attend school. However, they are supporting me, you know, um, through every endeavor that I find upon being released. Um, I've, I came down here, I want to say, maybe short of two weeks ago, and I have they, they provide you with an, applicant, uh, excuse me, an academic counselor. And they see to it that you, you get the services that you need to survive and just become better. So you're not taking any courses right now? Not, not at this coming moment, no. I'm, are you planning to? So... Since we're talking about that, you know, not just being honest, um, having the opportunity to be in society after going to school makes me understand, not that it's not a necessity, because I don't want to say that. I think education is very, very important. It's essential every day that you wake up to learn something new. I don't believe that if I did not go back to school, I wouldn't find what you would call success. Um, so that's where I stand right now. So at this moment... I'm not going back right now. Doesn't mean that tomorrow, or maybe not tomorrow, but next month, I might not have a change job. But as we stand right now, no. You're a young man. Life is long. Yeah. And, you know, minds are changed. And this might be the correct path for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Sam, what about you? Prison to College Pipeline. Oh, the Prison to College Pipeline is like no other program I've ever indulged in. Right. Oh, everybody is awesome from P2CP, Nakia, Kombe. Um, shout out to Nakia. Yeah, shout out to Nakia. Who are these people? Huh? Who are these people? All these people that are across the street and yeah. give me a hard time when I walk <laughs> in. They're like, oh, God, Sam again? Yeah. I just want the snacks and I just want a Metro car, please. But I'll stay there and I'll chop it up. <laughs> shout out to Amy and everybody yeah. in that little office there. Yeah. Okay. Um, they've been amazing. Uh, Boz, this is in the BMW building. The BMW building. Right across the street. Yeah. Boz, the founder of it, she's amazing. Bianca, uh, Everybody's just, I'm going to just piggyback off what he said, like the vernacular and just being around 
a group of men who are in the same situation as me and just keep just thriving and just climbing the ladder of success in their own way. You know what I mean? And just motivating me and motivating everybody else just to do the same. Like yeah. before, before, like, I guess you'd be considered lame for wanting to go to college. And now it was like they made it cool. You know what I And just the overnight debates and like the after school arguments that we had oh, and the, the studying in, the studying uh, for midterms <laughs> oh, man. the the in class arguments those got heated those got heated terrible definitely so so you would have debates in the dorm yeah Absolutely. we would have it, we, they 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 they, uh, they created a, a college dorm yeah and so now you go to school with these individuals and you live with them and then you live with them so you're like I think we at one point we was across from each other. Across from each other, so it's like, yo, did you get the homework or did you study? And then you have opportunity to kind of connect, and it made the 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 experience that much more fun. Um, and it was it worked. Yeah, four semesters. It it, it, I ain't gonna lie. School that was when school was so much. It was fire. It was it was so fun. I have to use some slang in here now. It was school was so fun just being in the dorm with these guys, right? It was uh, it was nothing else. We had one dude, his name Joey Diaz. Shout out to Joey. What's up, Googie? Right? And he was the big brother. He was the big brother of the dorm because he A plus student. Yeah, he definitely. didn't get no lower grade. Definitely. Shout out to uh, King Chief too. I don't want to leave him out because he's watching, right? But he would. I remember one time, our, our uh, third semester, when we had political science, <laughs> history, and uh, what was the other? Sociology, right? Yeah. We were just shooting the breeze, playing chess, and Googie was like, he would walk past us. He was like, so you did the homework? And we were like, what homework are you talking about? He's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, like, he kept us on our toes. And, like, there have been times where we just, so we just, the homework was stressful and, like, or we just got into a, a heated debate. It could have been anybody inside the dorm. Every you know the classmates, whatever. We just stopped talking to each other because yeah, we okay. had different agreements. Uh, okay. You know sure, what I mean? Sure, sure. But for and the right reasons, though. The, so, yeah, exactly. So, so, right so here you have right animals, monsters having the ability to debate. You know, not about how to hurt someone or to get away with a crime. The ability for us to debate about why that uh, women genuine. Uh, what was it? Uh, Women's circumcision is unjust, or why yeah, does Hus- so Africa, right? Yeah, in Africa, Africa. or why Africa. does yeah, yeah. Saddam Hussein during the um, it was something that happened. No, why Agent Orange? Okay, why yeah. the United States need to pay back? What was it, Cambodia? Vietnam. Vietnam. And, why? And why? The, why the United States need to uh pay back Vietnam for Agent Orange? Right. And things like that. So going back and forth from I think like it'd this. be really interesting for you to take a course here and compare it to the experience of taking a same course in Sam, are you in you in college? I'm not gonna lie. I was I was <laughs> enrolled in college, right? And I think it was two Monday or Tuesday I withdrew. Right. It was first being home from prison, like for three or four months, like my life is going on like getting on, on track. And it's not probably not happening as fast as I want it to be. And my right now, I want to do school, but my mind and my heart is not into it. And being inside the, the classrooms, I'm, I'm only taking two classes. It's not the same. It's not the same energy yeah. as it was in Talk prison. Talk about that. What, what, what's different? First off, like the people in, in prison are way more engaging. Like there have been times where the, 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 profes- the professor has like a schedule. Okay, this is what we're going to yeah. talk about. And like... Like we said, the the the, the discussions inside class mm-hmm. deviate, so we don't yeah. even end up covering everything that's on the uh, the syllabus. Yeah, right. And here, that's the way it should be. Yeah, and here is like is a bunch of you know six. I'm not. I'm about to say sixteen year olds. I'm crazy. 19, 20, 22, 23 year olds who are on their phone. There, you got the the teacher. The I keep saying teacher and professor. Professors teacher, make about thirty or forty more dollars thousand more than the teacher right but you got the <laughs> professor saying okay does anybody have anything to say and like i'm probably like the only person who keeps throwing up their hand and the professor's like let somebody else talk oh yeah because oh. it is very difficult i mean i'm a professor here at john yeah. jay and to produce conversation in the classroom yeah it's really really difficult yeah. when i was out at otisville 
You couldn't was, stop them no from producing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it'd be three, what was it, uh, 3.30, 3.30 before you know it. Yeah. The bell's ringing. I, I, I vividly remember, and like you said, you know, it it was, we, we debated for the right reasons, though, um, just to be able to try to give our input pertaining to a certain topic. I remember we had a semester where the first class we had a paper due. Remember that? Hell, that was that was history. Yeah, shout out to Professor Healy. Yeah, she, shout out to Professor Healy. She wilded us up. She's the best for pushing us to our, to our, our fullest potential. The first <laughs> class, we had a paper due. Before we even met her, we had to do a paper. I had like 14 papers that semester, right? Was it? Uh, yes. Political science, she, she was crazy. I'm not going to use that terminology. I'm, okay. I'm she, it was it was absurd, the amount of work. She cheated us. <laughs> she, she cheated us like we were in like we were in Columbia University or Harvard or so which paid off an end. Like, yeah, look did. at us now. I mean, we're really sitting here doing an interview with Bar Crow Parker. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. There you, you go. Got yeah. Awesome. I mean, there yeah. you go. Yeah. Why don't you go to your your question there? The um, what, what are the continuing challenges? Oh yeah, what are the continuing challenges now that you've you've now that you're out? Um, okay, I was, I'm gonna answer this. Me, uh, continuing challenges for me. I guess it would be housing. I live home with my mom, and I live with my sister. I live with a dog, and my sister's friend stays with us. It's too crowded. And me, I got one job that I really, really enjoy, it's, and it's not paying as much as I would like it to. So I'm looking for a second source of income, which can be difficult because, you know, you still got that, that background. So a short story, I applied for something, uh, after-school program called Harlem Children's Own. Right, which is in Harlem because the name is Harlem Children's Hall, right? So the <laughs> position I applied for was called the Sports Recreation Specialist. So basically, I'm an after-school gym teacher, an after-school personal trainer. So I went, and as a part of the Department of Education, you got to get fingerprinted. I went through the interview process. The supervisor at the location wants me to work there. The other supervisor heard good things. He hired me, but, you know, Albany. Albany gets involved because you have to get the background check. So oh, I get a letter in the mail saying that I can't work there from Albany oh, and no. that I would have to write a letter on my behalf or get a, a letter uh, uh, from friends and or family, co-workers. What about or, professors? Or professors yeah. stating that, you know, speaking on my behalf. So I wrote, I wrote a letter on my behalf, right, saying like, okay, this is what happened. I take atonement for what I've done. I sent them... Like, no lie, 23, 23 or 26 certifications, things that I've received while I was in prison, things that I've, uh, certifications that I received while I came home. And I've only been home about, what, 90 days at the time. You know, I sent them uh, uh, my, certifi my certification, or not certification, but my award stating that I've made the dean list. I, I, made, I, ha uh, I had a 3.5 GPA grade point average while I was in college. And, you know, my letters from my professors that you get from at the end of the year. And that wasn't enough. They said that still was, still is not enough, not enough evidence saying that I've been rehabilitated. So this is Albany saying that? This is Albany. The people that you, that hired you, though, they knew you had been in prison. Because I, I made I was honest with them. Yeah. And they, yeah. they and want they, me. And they and want they, you. Yes. And the kids at the location, they like me. What is, I don't get that. I'm sorry. I do not. That's upsetting. I don't understand that. I, the, pe the, the people that are there, they want to hire you, and someone in Albany says, "No, you doesn't can't even hire know you. Yeah, even so meet doesn't you. even know you." Yeah, right now I'm in I'm in the uh, the second phase where I appealed it with uh, a lady from the BM. I forgot her name, but she's a lawyer, and we we just now it's just playing the waiting game. And hopefully, I'll get approved. But who's to say that the offer is still on the table because so much time went by, you know? So it's just. That's like the will only that will that open up though if 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 that job is not available would that open it up for you to get hired somewhere else though or would you have to go through the same thing each I think time? I I don't know I really because this is my yeah. really first time, first time actually going yeah. through like the the doing the footwork and actually finding a job which is it's not hard but it's hard at the same time because you want to find something that you don't want to settle nobody wants to settle and say okay. You know what? I'm gonna do construction and make fifteen dollars an hour, which fifth, you know, is I guess is all right, depending on who you are. But I already know my goals and my aspirations, and I know my potential and what I can do, right? And how I can probably change somebody else's life. And I, 
And I know construction or being a porter in a restaurant isn't suitable for me. However, at the same time, I'll have to bite my tongue and put my and be humble and take what I can take because, you know, I still have that. I'm a pariah in a sense because I have that mark of being a felon in the in the society. Education will help you get Edu- further. Yes. Just saying. Boy, yes. Sam and Chris, I mean, this is so unfair what you have to go through. I uh, mean, you know, as as much as as much as you know, sit down. You can sit down and you can feel like that. That's a daunting task, you know, when you come in, when you're coming from the bottom, trying to get to the top. So when you talk about challenges. You know, I can understand where he's coming from. I think my first week in home, I was interviewed for a seasonal job. And up until the point where the employer asked me if I'd ever been incarcerated, everything was fine. Like, we're talking just regular. Like, we're talking here. And once that came up, like, I wish I could have taken the way that she looked at me after the fact and put that into a portrait. Because it was like, wait, what? Wow. But it wasn't until you, you knew that that you, that you decided you were going to judge me. But I'll say this. A challenge for me is being able to be the person that I know that I truly am. Every day that I wake up. I think we all as people throughout our journey in life would like to get to that ideal version of ourselves. And after you've made so many bad decisions, you want nothing more. I, I want nothing more than to be able to not only fix my situation and those of other people because I don't think I'll be free as a person until I'm able to free someone else. You understand what I'm saying? So there's a kid out there right now that's on the verge of being incarcerated at 16 years old that's going to go through the same, if not worse, than what Sam went through at that age that I might have went through at 17 years old and, you know, it's not going to turn out for the best. Um, so I, I feel like every day that I wake up, that's my main objective. Having the opportunity to be a part of something like this um, just to be able to give people some level of hope so they don't feel bad. I, I don't want empathy. I don't want sympathy. I want to be heard and for someone else to say, you know what, I'm going to take what he's saying and I'm going to do something better than what I was already doing because being sad is not going to change anything. We can't get the time back that we lost. Only thing we can do is focus on what we sit right now so that tomorrow is better than yesterday. I have this question that I posed before. What are you willing to do today so that tomorrow is not like yesterday? Like, we're in, we'd be insane to think that somebody's going to feel sorry enough for us, for us to give us a job. Like, you know, I feel so sorry for you. That's not the way America works. That's not the way New York works. So, it's... But wouldn't it be nice if it did? It'd be awesome. You know? I, I don't awesome. know. I, I, don't, I mean, what type of world would we have, I guess, right? What type of... Like, if, if I took the time out to think that way, I wouldn't make it. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't make it. Yeah. Because you have to deal with the reality of your You have to. You, you got to stay in this moment and be present and... I'm approaching four months out of um, out of prison. What keeps me humble are the individuals that are still inside of there. You know, my family members, my close friends, the people that I've met um, along this journey, on this path that I'm on now, the people that watch my live shows, the people that comment on my pictures. I, I attempt to make sure that everything that I do is in accordance with who I am as a person now, as opposed to who they thought, or who, maybe who I thought I was by committing a crime and things of that nature. So it's okay that people don't want to give you a chance it's okay that he didn't get hired because why would you want to be in an environment where somebody doesn't really want you anyway mm. yeah they wanted him but then the powers that be had other plans so he'll find something way better than that yeah. and then look at that and say that couldn't stop me because prison couldn't stop us so not getting a job it's, it's gonna be all right yeah so helping younger um younger people is is really um a great idea absolutely and i'm just curious though what would you say to yourself if you could your younger as a self. younger your younger self oh man um if, if I you could look, look back to your 15 year old self and say i'm going to tell you something I, if i had the opportunity to, to 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 talk to a younger version of myself i would tell him first and foremost to stay brave stay brave because any event that you ever lose a step when it comes to that you're not going to make it when you have to stand in front of a judge and to the right of you, I believe, that's how the courtroom is set up, and there's a jury of your peers, stuff that you see only on TV, and these 14 people are deliberating about your fate, you're going to have to stay brave. When you are sentenced by this judge that sat and presided over your case, uh, where there's a DA and a judge, uh, excuse me, and a lawyer 
that's supposed to be there to defend you. You gotta stay brave. When you go to prison and you have to fight over cheers and, and little boxes of cereal and what we're gonna watch on TV tonight or who has next on the phone, you gotta stay brave. When you go to a parole board, and anything that you might come in contact with because of the lifestyle that we chose to live, you're gonna to have to stay brave. The job, they don't want you. They said that you got a background. Stay brave. It's gonna happen. That opportunity that you really want, if you really want it, it's gonna come. Like anything you want in this world, I assure you, from what I can see being back home from prison, I have some good days and very little bad days because I don't take things personal. So I would definitely tell my younger self to stay brave, protect your energy, and just be who you are. Because that's a lot easier. When you're not who you, who, you are, who you are, it's like this Halloween every day. <laughs> just imagine that if you wore a mask, not because of the coronavirus, but because you thought that you was, just think of that. What type of world would we live in? You, you walk, what, that's at 42nd Street? You have guys or maybe even young ladies under those costumes that are taking pictures with kids and tourists. Imagine if you had to wear that every day, that costume. That's hard. It has to be hard. Yeah. You got to look in the mirror and you got to peel back some layers and say, you know what? I'm not that person, you know? And, I, and this is who I am. And you got to just stay the course. That's it. Stay brave. Wow. Wow. So, how about you, Sam? I will go back and tell my younger self, just be honest with who you are as a person. Look in the mirror and... That's who you are. You don't have to pretend to be anybody for anybody else. Don't force yourself on people. However, don't let anybody force themselves on you. And I'm not talking about a physical force. I'm talking about like mental and emotional force. Right? Become that reflection that you see in the mirror. And don't judge. Yeah. Right? And don't let others judge you. Because the reflection doesn't judge you. So... That that's it. Okay. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Uh, we, we, we're going to finish up, but I I know uh, Chris, you're an entertainer. Absolutely. Why don't you say a little bit about what you do? Um. So entertainment, clearly, that would kind of be an umbrella, and then you got music, um, acting, modeling falls under there. Um. I think my biggest passion, <coughs> excuse me, aside from helping at-risk youth, would definitely be in the form of uh, making music. Right. Writing lyrics. Um, I'm a singer slash, I guess, rapper. Uh, Tell us about what uh, we're going to play now at the end of the show. So this is a song that I've had the opportunity to compile while being in prison. Um, as much as I told you about the support that I received from individuals that felt like I was worth the investment, you know, coming to visit me, um, writing me letters, sending me uh, money orders and things of that nature, packages. There are those individuals that don't believe that maybe your sentence won't end, that maybe you won't be better than you once were, they choose not to associate themselves with you until you are removed from that environment. And I, I wrote a song called F-O-M-E. So it's F.O.M.E. So F-O-M-E stands, stands for? for flexing on my ex. Instead of being mad that someone decided to leave you for dead, let's just use that terminology, just flex on them. Like, I was in prison, right, where I couldn't be heard unless I would call on the phone or send a letter. And sometimes you get, not the middle finger, you get a finger that says return to sender. Because mm. maybe they moved, or maybe they just don't want to talk to you anymore. Jeez. So now, this is my opportunity. Not to get even, because I'm better, not bitter. So I'm going to send you a song called Flexing on My Ex. So that way people can listen to it, and maybe it could be a form of motivation. <laughs> don't cut up tires and cut clothes and bleach stuff. Just flex on them. Do better than you once did. And they'll be able to watch. Because social media is right here. That's just how this thing goes. Yeah. Flex yeah, we on could them. Use it for good stuff. This is Bar Crawl Radio. Recording at the podcast studio of the English Department of John Jay College of Criminal Justice. We have been talking with Christopher Lee and Sam Johnson, actors and citizens of our great city. Thank you both for this wonderful conversation. Thank you for Thank having you. us here. I'm sure there's much more we could talk about, but this was, uh, I'm glad we got it done. Definitely, this was awesome. Great. Um, and you're going to send me that file. Say that. This going to F the city up. Flexing, 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 flexing. I got those battles in my section I got
was in my section I'm just out here flexing, doing better than my exes And I hope they get this message I got all these bottles in my section Say that I'm just out here flexing, doing better than my exes, and I hope they get this message. Mm-hmm. This fake chick that always doubted me. Damn. They can't hit my line to get no cloud of me. Maybach, you gon' notice when we exit Hate that, feel like Diddy on the record Take that, got all these bottles in my section I got all these models in my section I'm just out here flexing, doing better than my exes And I hope they get this message You hear me? I got all these bottles in my section I got all these models in my section Say that I'm just out here flexing, doing better than my exes, and I hope they get this message. You think of we lawyers with all of these cases? Ain't in my over to fuck with a basic. It ain't my fault, you couldn't be patient. I had a dream, so I had to chase it. It might be yours, could have been yours. I had to win, you took a loss, so pull up a punch. Or is awesome, look at the fortress, hard to ignore. I came from the projects, now I ain't stopping. You should just forfeit, go get a ref. Fuck, they gon' call us, I'm on the court, addicted to bowling. You got the flu, sicker than Joe. Feel like I'm hard and drip on the faucet. Go get a sponsor, you live in a target. Damn. Got those bottles in my section. I got those models in my section. I'm just out here flexing, doing better than my exes, and I hope they get this message. I got those bottles in my section. I got all these models in my section. I'm just out here flexing, doing better than No.